Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time and then cut off its head to make sure it's finally dead. And also, we get all its horsepowers. <laughs> Today, we're discussing katanas and trench coats. Uh, first edition, there are several editions of this game. A, uh, a very short comedic role-playing game all about uh, playing as cool immortals doing awesome shit in the coolest place in the world, Vancouver. Uh, could Will it be a vampire send-up or a Highlander send-up? Who knows? You'll just have to find out on the other side of the break. It's System Mastery. Hey, John. Hey, what up? You know, before we get started today, we've got one of our famous announcement masteries. So famous. Well, the world over. Ah, are, yes. We are regarded for the, the quality and and uh, and extremely bad brevity of our fine advertisements. It's true. Mm-hmm. Why well, look for an upcoming Polygon.com article about the best people who do, I don't know, advertisements. They'll never mention us. It's If it's not about uh, actual plays, it doesn't exist. <laughs> There's parasocial bonds to be formed. They don't give a shit about discussion. Ah! <laughs> no one cares about you. Uh, anyway, before we get all salty, why don't we do the good thing? <laughs> Let's do good stuff instead of being sad. <laughs> that seems reasonable to me. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Solo But Not Alone 3. That's right. You may uh, remember the Solo But Not Alone uh, charity bundle. We've talked about it last year when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of the Jasper's Game Day charity that goes on. It is a suicide prevention charity, mm-hmm. and it works within the TTRPG sphere, and it helps people that are struggling with mental health. Obviously, a a near and dear subject for me as someone who has struggled with depression and suicidal ideation for 20-something years at this point. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, what we are here to help as best we can by just spreading the word. Uh, Jasper's Game Day has been around since about 2017. And uh, the the, uh, the bundle that we're going to be discussing today, uh, which is organized by Cat McDonald at Peach Garden Games, is going to be 148 solo RPGs, yep. solo TTRPGs, uh, to help you get through uh, tough times or just you don't even have to. Uh, be going through tough times to enjoy a fine solo RPG. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have to not be Jeff to enjoy it, as <laughs> Jeff famously hates anything that's solo. <laughs> yes, but especially yeah, I, solo a Star Wars movie. Uh, yeah, I, I hate solo a Star Wars movie. I hate solo the uh, the Mario Van Peebles movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, I hate any part of a song where they mention going so low. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't really hate solo TTRPGs. They're just not my specific bag. And yet, I accept this busting. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you get 148, as Jeff said, and those are all new ones. So Brand if you new. have supported Solo But Not Alone in previous years, you don't have to worry that it's going to be, oh, I already have all of these. It is 148 new ones for this bundle. Yes. So you don't need to worry about any overlap. Yeah, absolutely. That'll include uh, the organizer, Cat McDonald's, and Peach Garden Games' own Apex Predator, White Sky Reach, and the acclaimed A Visit to San Sibelia, plus 146 more. Yeah. Uh, its minimum purchase is $10 for the bundle, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous given how much stuff you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, you the... are, of course, uh, Encouraged. Free, to, free to donate whatever you would like. All yeah. the funds go to Jasper's Game Day. 100%. So... Don't worry that, you know, if you give more, you're just going to be lining some fat cat's pockets. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to a Rockefeller who just <laughs> wasted on oysters and fine uh, the caviar sausages. Mm, caviar sausages. <laughs> Will it sausage? Yes. I wonder if he's done that yet. <laughs> no, this is all going to go to help an extremely important and very good cause. So uh, so please go and, and help uh, purchase it today. I do have a website here. It's HTTPS uh, colon backslash. But you know what? It's going to be on Twitter and it's going to be on our website. It's on itch. It's on itch. Go to itch.io. Search for solo but not alone three. You'll find it there. Yeah. By Twitter, I meant that we will post a link to it on Twitter yes. with this episode along with our on our website. Uh, but but it's uh, it, it'll be on itch. If you just go to itch and look for, as John just said, solo but not alone three, you'll find it. You can support it. 
What a great cause. Give more than ten dollars. I I believe in you. <laughs> I know I'm it. going to, and I don't even especially. I don't like- even have ten dollars. <laughs> I don't even have an itch. I'm going to steal someone else's $10. <laughs> I'm going to steal it from some fat cat. <laughs> oh, no, my fat cat. <laughs> I've heard of a rich fellow by the name of Jay Giles Band. <laughs> <laughs> he owns the Centerfold Factory. Mm, yes. Mm, yes. So once again, uh, that's Peach Garden Games, Cat McDonald, uh, encouraging you to help support Jas- Jasper's Game Day by purchasing a Solo But Not Alone 3, an enormous extremely good bundle of uh, solo tabletop role-playing games. You can find it on itch.com. That's right, itch.io. Itch.io. Itch.com is probably something way grosser. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and uh, with that, let's get back to starting the show. All right. It's both. It's just both. It's a, it's a bunch of vampire jokes and white wolf jokes and Highlander references. Yeah, I mean, it... We've seen people kind of do this before, but this is a what if Highlander in the style of Old White Wolf. Yes. But this is done very tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. It is a parody of that, of both Highlander and the Old White Wolf style games. Mm Mm-hmm. I bought this recently. I had a little buying spree because we have some store credit available. By the way, I'm Jeff. That's John. Uh, oh, no. Well, welcome to System Mastery. John, how are you today? I'm so here. Uh, <laughs> very I'm, present. I'm definitely not just scrolling through Discord right now. <laughs> well, at least not a uh, Google searches for bigtit.gif. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. I forgot to put reveal in there. You want that You want that removal of the decolletage to make it exciting. <laughs> I want the removal of decoupage. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, what I was saying is I, I, I recently did a little shopping spree on Drive Through RPG using all of our uh, our store credit. Not all of it; I, we still have lots. Oh yeah. But if you ever want to buy a book from Drive Through RPG, we have a button on the front of our website at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Go there, click that, and then buy the thing. It won't change the price, but it'll keep us in store credit. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're gonna buy something anyway, you may as well give us a little store credit. Uh huh. Because we use it to keep the show going. It's true. We have uh, we buy a lot of PDFs, especially when we only have one copy of a book, but we both need to read it. Oh, yeah. It's a great way to get that done for us. Uh, so I, I went on a little spending spree. I bought last week's game, a couple more, and this week's game, not realizing that this week's game clocks in at slightly under 30 pages. Well, technically, it's like 50-something pages because it's two per. Oh, that, yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, so so it's not the short. It, it is not the shortest book we've done, but still a very short book. Yes. That record's going to probably stay with either the micro games for one of those or the Bunnies and Burrows, if you don't count those. Yes. Bunnies and Burrows really was 29 pages long. And worth every page. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was only worth the one page where it was like, this was written by real zoologists. <laughs> anyway, bunny monks can do the following types of jump kicks. <laughs> if you're a bunny wizard. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know this was going to be so short. I did notice on the uh, DriveThruRPG page, it said, uh, you know, click here for like second or third edition or whatever they're up to right now, which really is playable. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's that's a great degree of self-awareness, and I would like to review an unplayable game. I mean, here's the thing. This is not just self-aware in that it's like, oh, we're going to make fun of it. But honestly, it's self-aware in that it just sort of revels in it, yeah. which is the thing I, I appreciate about it, is that the parody and the comedy comes from a place where they're like, we understand that this is ridiculous and we don't care. Are we about, is this going to be one of those rare occasions when both of us are nice to a comedy game? Dude, this may be one of my favorite comedy games that we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of there with you. And it's it, it feels like it's a really great way of how to set the template for what a good comedy game, if you want to impress us anyway, uh, should look like, which is that all the jokes are there, but they're not part of the rules. They're just part of the way that they've written things. Yes, it's funny in that the world is very... A vampire. <laughs> the world of darkness. <laughs> no, it's... It is a comedy game in that this is over the top. Yes. But it's not like, like 
chuckle fucky about it. Yeah, a lot of there's no slapstick element here, which is something you'll find in comedy games even when it doesn't make sense. You're like playing dashing space heroes and it's still like, but what if you slip on a clown shoe and land in a pie full of farts? You know, you're like, I I, I don't know why that would happen. <laughs> you're getting your genres crossed. But here all the the hilarity is in service of making your character look like an impossible you know, early 2000s, big fan of the crow, great badass. Yes. Which is fun. It's a fun thing to send up. Yeah, and like I said, it's the fact that the game is like, yes, we understand this is silly, but we enjoy it, and mm-hmm. we would like you to buy into this premise. Yes, so so it's, a, it's an appreciable game. I had a good time reading this, you know, like this morning, because yeah. it was really, really short. I'll probably have better red retention for the rules than I will I will have ever had before because I read this a couple hours ago. Good job. <laughs> it's like a two week vacation. Huh? So, uh, so the game is set. Interesting. I, I'm I'm assuming this is both the lo- the uh, home of the writers and also just a fun send up for a location. It's set in in the the near future city of Dark Vancouver. Yes, in darkest Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the place that is the pulse of the world, uh, Vancouver, Canada, mm. uh, it, where everything is just a little too gothy and futuristic and awesome for regular mortals to fully comprehend and, and, and appreciate. I mean, I enjoy, cause normally when you have one of these games, it's always like, ah, here in New York or yeah. Ooh, we're in old London town and you're like, yeah, yeah dude, it's Vancouver seedy <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> At least Shadowrun had this presence of mind to be set in Seattle. Huh. I mean, I mean, it's technically set everywhere, but but a lot of it is set in Seattle, which is a fun thing to do. No, I I appreciate that, mm-hmm. and of course, I feel like I'm definitely missing a lot of in jokes for Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. When when we get to the description of Darkest Vancouver, there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm like. That's got to be a thing I don't know about. I'm guessing that most of those things are real. They're just terminally lame in yeah. real life is what it is. They're like, oh, you're going to love it in the gaming district of Vancouver. And I bet there is one. Oh. And I bet they have a rock and jump trampoline park for kids <laughs> and a nickel arcade. Uh, and then they've got, oh, and our, our, our uh, nightlife scene is incredible. And you're like, I know they have one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's like, ah, uh, yes, in Vin- Vancouver, in the nightlife scene, where everything is for sale and all pleasures can be found. And you're like, all right, my dude. <laughs> I love it. Cool. <laughs> uh, and what do you play in this game of games? Why, you play Immortals. Uh, people you who- have inside you blood and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have lived and seen the rise and fall of men thrice over. You you are an ageless being, and uh, much like a certain famous immortals from something or other, uh, you can only be killed by having your head chopped off and suffering the permanent death. Indeed. Uh, any other wound you will eventually heal from without even a scar, unless you want cool scars. Yeah, unless you like cool scars. Yes. Uh, so they, they, there's a bunch of Highlander references and jokes throughout. So, uh, you know, they, they say things like, Oh, you've learned all this from your Egyptian Scottish Spaniard instructor. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of little gag here and there. Uh, they use immortals, I think, pretty much as a way to not use vampires and instead be able to poke fun at the various things you can play as from White Wolf games. Yes, but there's also optional rules for playing as any yes. of those things. Yeah, there's a big section with rules for playing as everything and including a list of upcoming things that just gets unhinged. Yes, the one of the sort of running jokes in here is the... Anything you don't see that we haven't included here will obviously be coming in a supplement because what is the point of writing one of these games if you don't have a million supplements? Yes, we, the uh, the part where it's like unless we change something in a supplement, at which point that point that that becomes the the official law of the land uh, because we need to extract more money from you. Yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. And given that this cost me like a dollar, <laughs> I'd be perfectly happy to have them extract some more money from me. I'm gonna go back and buy the next edition of this. This was a good read. Ah. I hope it's the exact same and they didn't change anything. <laughs> I hope that they build themselves 80 hours a day for it. <laughs> I want games that are worse and took less time to make and paid the developers more money. And yes, I'm serious. Uh, as goes the meme. As is the meme. Mm, yes. Uh, so when you play an immortal, it's it's got a fun character creation process because it does it from the story first. 
We get a lot of how to become an epic badass, what is demanded of players, uh, what's the difference between good role-playing and bad role-playing, which is another thing I love seeing people make fun of. Lord knows I've certainly made a career out of it. Uh, and in this case, they're like, yeah, you have to start with your epic saga. You can't start by rolling dice for your stats. You do start by rolling dice, though. You just The first thing you do is roll 3d10, arrange them as desired, and then that's the, 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 the first th- or last three digits of the year you were born. Yes. Now... You can just have those three digits as the year. You can add a thousands place if Mm -hmm. you want to. You can have it be BCE if you would rather be super ancient. I think you can be from the far future and have time traveled back to this point if you would wish. Although they don't specifically mention that. Probably because they're reserving it for a supplement. Probably. Yeah. But the big thing is if you roll triples on those 3D10, you're triple edged. Mm -hmm. Then you'll get another edge. Everyone else is double edged, but you are triple-edged. You have a one in a thousand chance, I guess. Actually, it's a little better than that, isn't it? Because there are... No, it's a one in a thousand chance. No. Yep. Maybe. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I guess there's a one in a thousand chance of rolling a thousand. Yes. There's a a ten ten in a thousand chance of rolling... There's a one in a hundred chance of rolling triples. There you go. Sure. Is that right? Maybe. I don't know. Hey, look. Look. Who's to say? (laughs) We're not statisticians. We don't know things. We're cool dudes. Look. We're badasses with trench coats and katanas. <laughs> That's correct. We uh we have we have rad trench coat katanas and katana trench coats. And my trench coat is lined with airplane bottles of alcohol. Shout out to TV <laughs> Mastery listeners. Uh Yeah, I like right at the beginning they've got the like what you need to play. And they're like, yeah, you need paper and D10s and all that, but that yeah. doesn't matter. What you really need is your own unique level of awesome. Play the laconic anti-hero. Yes, brood over inner tragedy. Yes, of course it's snowing softly as you duel your sworn enemy against a backdrop of snow-capped mountains. Revel in it. Embrace it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's a lot of that you. in here. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it it's just short enough that it goes out uh, on a bang. You don't feel like it's starting to get repetitive or stale as you're making your way through this. This is a good read. Yes. Um. So... You you make your character by describing a series of, of different parts of them. You're going to start by rolling what year you were born, and then you're going to go down a list of saga, uh, your personal tragedy, which is the thing that, that happened that, that drove you to your point yeah. of, of deepest despair. Why are despair. you brooding? Why are you a brooding? Because obviously you're, a, you're yes. a brooding guy, you're but not why? happy. No. <laughs> you're not a joyful immortal. No Tom Bombadil's here. No. When someone comes up to you and you're like standing alone at a bar in the corner smoking a cigarette and they're like what's your deal and you're like well let me tell you what's that's that's your tragedy you're like the reason i don't play by society's rules is i've seen the dark side of what it has to offer <laughs> i'm sorry i spent that entire time you were talking picturing brooding tom bombadil <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm brooding tom bombadil brooding tom bombadil is, is a gothic fellow <laughs> blue is his trench coat and his katana is yellow <laughs> Hey, doll. <laughs> hey, doll. Mary, doll. Yeah. Uh, okay, so your personal tragedy is why you are a brooding figure. Uh, your badass reputation is the next thing you need to describe. And this is why you, uh, people in the world know you as the lone stalker hero rebel that you are. Yeah. What is it that other immortals know you for? Yes. Obviously, being an immortal, you know, normal mortals probably don't know you. But clearly, within the immortal uh, realm... In hushed whispers, people talk about you, and this is what they say: yeah, "You are a you are a prideful and puissant few, and who are going to uh, you know of each other by reputation, if not by having met." Yeah, when you walk in the room, other immortals go, "Do you know who that is? Why that's?" And then <laughs> yes. they tell you what it is that yeah, you are. They extend your great legacy to you. Exactly. <laughs> that's Tom Bombadil. <laughs> they say he touched the ring and it meant nothing. Also, he's been plowing Goldberry for millennia. <laughs> Gold Moon? No, Gold Moon's from Forgotten Realms. <laughs> I think Gold Moon is from uh, Dragonlance. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm cutting off your head. <laughs> what? <laughs> you then have your inner deal, which is, outside of your rep, what is it that's going in on the inside? Like, other people think they know you, but they don't know you at all. What's actually happening inside of you? Yes. What are your passions and ambitions? What is your inner turmoil? 
and then you still have a couple more. You have historical influence. This is supposed to be the things in history that that uh, were recorded incorrectly by the mortals. You did them. Well, yeah, it's or it was recorded correctly, but you're the one who made it happen that yes. way. Yeah, you're the person behind the behind You've been the around power. for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, did you fuck JFK? Well, here's your chance to tell everyone. I, if you put that down, then, you know, you're you're in uh, good company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might be an immortal for all we know. He might have uh, died the permanent death by a really messy form of beheading. Oh. Uh, and then finally, you've got your origin story. Which feels weird after you've already done all this other stuff, but it is supposed. To, I, I took it when I was reading it is it's supposed to be the immortal, the origin story of when you switched from thinking you were immortal to when you knew what you truly were. Oh. the the epic legend of how you became immortal. See, for but it me, can be whatever. I like that they never put in like, oh, the way in which you become immortal is this. So you can be like, oh, I drank from, you know, the fountain of youth and oh, became immortal. That's fair. I or had, yeah, that makes sense, too. Is. I had kind of taken it from, like, the Highlander rules, you know, that that uh, they're technically aliens from a shitty planet and there's the quickening and all that junk. Uh, and so they are all of one type. And, and it's more that they discover that they are of that type than each one well, of them yeah, has normally, their own bespoke immortality. The Highlander thing is you don't realize you're immortal until you die and yes. then come back. Yeah. So for me, it was writing, writing about their first false death. But I also do like the concept of everyone's immortality being a, a, a custom arrangement. Now, when I, I, you know, I made a character, obviously, go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. $2 level to get that bonus content for system mastery. What a deal. And when I made my character, I did obviously do the classic Highlander shit, because that's what I was like. That, the kind of character I was making was very classically Highlander. Yes. Uh, but I did like that they didn't specifically say that. So if I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, I drank some elixir or whatever. I, you know, I was friends with the actual Dr. Jekyll. And that's when I took his potion and it split me into two. And now my ne nemesis is also out there in a mortal hide. <laughs> I gave myself, when I did my bonus content character, again, that's over at the Patreon, uh, I, I gave myself a wild joke origin story. So I did not follow the Highlander template. So yeah, I'm glad it worked that way as well. Great. Uh, and after origin story, that's all the the creative writing you have to do for a little bit there now you're starting to make a couple of in i mean you can still write creatively for all of this and are strongly encouraged to do so uh you're gonna choose your immortal house but again i think it doesn't matter if you do this or not this is more or less just a send-up of white wolf tradition yes uh it doesn't affect any of your stats it doesn't really change anything you have access to but they were like oh well we have to have you know some Latin sounding names yeah. for various things you can be part of. So you can be in house Canis or house Corvus and so on. Yeah. And they went very simple on it. They worked jokes in by going beyond the couple animals that are appropriately vampirish or goth into silly animals, but keeping with the, the uh, Latin translations of their names. So you've got Canis, Corvus, Felis, and uh, Orphus, Orphus, and Orphus. It's, it's Orphus, I think for snakes. Um, it's Orphus. Oh, Huh. That's what it says in the book that I'm looking at no, right now. No, that's fine. I'm just not used to, I'm used to Ophidian, Ophiuchus, all the other Latin-derived snake words usually don't have an R there, but I guess they stuck one in. That's fine. Yep. That's okay, and that's fine. Uh, and, and then House Ursus is House the House Ursus one. is the bears. But then beyond that, they mention House Bufo, the Toad House, which yeah. is loners. Uh, and, and, the uh, people who don't have a house are referred to as House Bufo because they have, a, have picked anything to be part of. Yeah. And then they go into chickens and ducks and turkeys. They also have uh, House Pistrix for the sharks mm -hmm. and House Aceridon for the bats. Yes. I'm glad that there's a House Pistrix and I just, I'm glad I don't, or sad I don't know the Latin word for jets. <laughs> I think it's jet. I don't think they had jets back when Latin there's was There's Latin thing. words for fucking everything. There's a Latin word for microwave. <laughs> Microwave. <laughs> Yeah, you just say it with what you think is probably an ancient accent. <laughs> the microwavas. <laughs> uh, it's just because since Latin is still used as a nerd language by nerdlingers across the ga the the, this, the cosmos, uh, everyone comes up with new words anytime. The uh, Beveratus Dispensorum. Yes, but if you look up Latin for microwave, it'll come right up for you. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, and then there's the ones for chickens, ducks, and turkeys, which is when they just sort of fly off into joke territory. Yeah, they're like, oh, there are some lost houses, and it's House Gallus, which was the turkey, or the chickens, chickens then House Anatide for the ducks, and House Meliagri 
for the turkeys. Yes. Oh, you think ancient Romans had turkeys? They obviously did not. That's they an- clearly did. <laughs> yeah, they celebrated Thanksgiving and everything. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the first Thanksgiving was after Rome was built in a day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was the Romans and the Sikhs. And the Bromans. The Bromans. <laughs> Not the Brahmins. Let's get this. It's the Bromans. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> history has it wrong. Let me tell you the true history. I was there. I was an immortal. I was there 3,000 years ago. <laughs> um, is that taco pie? Taco pie. <laughs> uh, now, you will pick your name, obviously. And, of course, they're like... Try to either have, you know, a cool, like, prefix or suffix to your name, mm. give yourself some sort of, like, honorific, or just a cool, badass dubstep song. Yeah, they're like, look up two dubstep songs and smash that together, which I'm kind of curious to try. I didn't try it. My character, I had a name ready for for them already, so I wasn't worried about it, but either two dubstep so- uh, songs or two Renfair names. And if you can't think of anything, just go with Landon Darkwood. Yes. Which is pretty good. I was fine with that. Uh, now you have your traits. You have five traits in the game. Uh, you have Awesome Sword, mm-hmm. Ancient Memories, Raging Passion, Mystical Talents, and Kick-Ass Wardrobe. Yes, I love that the stats in this include things like Wardrobe and Passion. They know what this is about. And you'll get a three in one of them. At two into two of them, and then the other two will be at a one. Yes. So uh, you also get to pick a couple of them and uh, change them to better reflect whatever it is you have. Yeah, that's kind of like one of the things I like so much about the Sentinels comics RPG, where they tell you to go ahead and rename any of these skills or powers to whatever better fits your character. It doesn't matter. Uh, here, it doesn't change anything that you change out, You that you have an awesome sword to... You have an awesome Zweihander of of the of flame and stars. Oh yeah, and you know instead of saying like mystical talents, you could be like alchemical realizations or some shit like that. Whatever you want it to be, whatever it is for your character. Right. Like you, instead of a kick-ass wardrobe, you've got a vigilante costume. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you your your dubstep immortal name now, John. I just looked up a list of dubstep cool. Love names. Love it. Uh, your name is going to be Gold Dust Ghosts and Stuff. <laughs> Gold dust, ghosts, and stuff. Great. I just took it because it had ghosts. Gold and- dust, ghosts, and stuff. <laughs> He's your friend when things get rough. He's your favorite wrestler and the favorite th- topic of books from your childhood. <laughs> exactly. And of course your favorite wrestler is gold dust. Whose isn't? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love gold dust? Not even gold dust loves gold dust. <laughs> I think he famously came out against his old title when he was when he had briefly left the WWE. I hate that shit. <laughs> And uh, mine's going to be, I can't stop uh, base. No, wait, hang on. Let's change that. It's going to be Midnight Request Line Base Cannon. Nice. Yeah, that's my, so <laughs> Gold Dust Ghosts and stuff is definitely the better of these two. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. So uh, sorry about the, uh, sorry for the digression. <laughs> so once you have uh, your points in your traits, mm-hmm. uh, you'll also get your skills. Now, uh. There are, they say 15 skills. There are not. There are actually 14. Yes. <laughs> uh, but in your skills, you can have a, well, you start with a three in fighting because that is your essential skill. If you play one of the other types, like a vampire or a shapeshifter or whatever, they have different essential skills. Yes, but all immortals are badasses at fighting because they have to be because their entire yeah, thing you have is, to stop people from cutting your head off. Yeah, so. they, they all, they're all good at sword fighting, so no one cuts their heads off. So yeah, you automatically get a three in fighting. Yes. But you get one more skill of your choice at three, and then as you play, you can just decide at any point to put a skill at level two uh, until you have four of them at level two. Yes, and then the rest of them are at level one. You don't have any skills that you don't know at least a little bit about, uh, but... You have four of them that you have at level two, and you don't have to, it it doesn't have to be the first four skills you use. No, it's just, if you're about to roll and you haven't defined that the skill is a one or a two yet, you can decide, you know what, I'll make it a two. Yes. Or just, you can decide right then, no, I'll leave it a one. I I don't care about this, this is just a thing I have to do right now in in service of some other far more badass goal. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Uh, 
and then you have a couple of edges to pick. The only thing, remember we mentioned earlier that if you rolled uh, all three numbers the same for the year of your birth, that uh, you were triple-edged. Everyone else is just double-edged, which means they get to pick two edges from this list, but those who are triple-edged get to pick three. Yes. And that's the only thing it does. So that there you go. It's an extra of feet, basically. Essentially. Mm-hmm. The edges are little bonuses you'll get usually to like a skill or a specific situation or something like that. Or so, their, sh- their shtick type minor superpower. Yeah, kind of so things. you can have things like, oh, I can do the whole disappear as soon as someone isn't looking at me. So like a truck passes in front of me and blocks your vision and I disappear. Yeah, the cloud of smoke. And and were you real or just a dream? Yeah, I, I walk through a crowded dance floor and you try and follow after me, but I'm already gone. Yeah, you can recreate the end of every good music video there's ever been. <laughs> A puff of smoke, and then, was it real? Were they actually dancing in that restaurant? Were they actually Danzig in that restaurant? (laughs) That's what everyone says when they see Danzig in a restaurant. Is that actually Danzig in that restaurant? (laughs) Couldn't have been. Quick, yell mother real loud and see if he turns around. (laughs) Mother? (laughs) Not like that. (laughs) No! (laughs) Yeah, that's his response. Mama! (laughs) Mama! It cannot be. Never. I claim your head. <laughs> Obviously, Danzig is an immortal. Uh, but which is yeah. why he still would be perfect to play Wolverine, according to Wizard Magazine of 2023. Lol. Uh, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of those. So you can get some that are like that. They'll let you do, you know, fun little tricks. Or you can get things that are just like, oh, you have machine sense. Mm-hmm. So once per session, you can have a boost, which we will get into later. Uh, whenever you're attempting to repair or sabotage a tech-based thing. Yes. So, you know, you might get something that allows you to do a new power or just be better at something you already do, but you get two of them normally or three if you are triple-edged. Yes. And then you also get a stat called Grandeur Rank. Your Grandeur? Your Grandeur is determined by uh, how much you you spent writing about your character. Yeah, how much did you write? And not how good is it. It's just volume. Did, did you write a single phrase? You get grandeur one. Yeah. Did you write paragraphs? You get two. Did you write pages? You get three. Did you write an epic lay of poetry on the tale of Baron and Luthien level? <laughs> Great. You get four. <laughs> and if it's your copy of this edition, you get it an additional point I for having extra, bought it. I get an extra point because I bought the book. <laughs> I get an extra point because I also bought the book. <laughs> Well, I guess technically I bought it with our money, but, exactly. I, but I pressed the button. <laughs> I also pressed a button. Damn it. <laughs> uh, you also get more grandeur if you draw your character, dress up like your character, actually bring a sword to the game. <laughs> Please do not actually bring swords to my games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the thing is, and it doesn't tell you right now, it waits until the uh, the story master section to get into what grandeur actually does. Because as a character, you'll know what your grandeur rank is. You just don't know what it does unless you go to the storyteller section. Yes, it's a secret. And in the story master section, it's it's just like, oh, whoever has a higher grandeur obviously is better at role playing. Yes. So if something comes up and you need to decide who gets to do a thing, just give it to the guy with the highest grandeur. Yes. I'm sorry we spoiled the secret. <laughs> if you, uh, if this is a problem for you, please erase the last 30 seconds of this recording. <laughs> and then, Unless you've already done so, in which case my hat's off to you. My hat is definitely off. I doff my cap to you, sir. <laughs> Uh, or madam. And finally, to make your character, you need to name your throne of comfort. Yes, this is something that it would matter if it was taken from you. Yeah, it is either like a place or a thing or a person that you are attempting to protect. Something that means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. So if it was threatened, it would spur you to action. So even if you're like the most broody, doesn't care, super loner guy... The throne of comfort is something you do care about. Yes, it's and it might well be the only thing you care about. But uh, <laughs> this is always the last thing you do because you can't really know what your throne of comfort is until you have a massive backstory. Yes, you need an absolutely huge backstory to pick out the diamond in the rough. The thing that remains after you've cast off all the shackles of your humanity and succumbed to the eternal night. Yeah, and but the don't worry, bears. the SM would never actually threaten your throne of comfort. Of course not. That would be unseemly. <laughs> uh, now, 
before we get into the rest of the mechanics in here, I do love the... There are a ton of little sidebars throughout here. Yes. One of them talks about the other areas in uh, this game. Oh, yeah, the fuliginous citadels. And the one for Orlando is great because they're just like, oh, Orlando's actually a breeding pit of mutants and other stuff that's toxic, which is trenchantly ironic because so many family-oriented vacation activities are located there. And whoa, when wholesome things are dark, that's a really edgy reimagining. And I'm like, <laughs> God, I love this shit. Have you ever seen the movie Magic Kingdom? Uh, no. Uh, it's the movie where some guy went and filmed a m- movie guerrilla style in yeah. Disneyland. Uh, it, it it's. I know this is older than that movie, but Jesus Christ, is that ever that exact tone? Yes. Where the dude's just spinning off all these theories about how all the princesses at Disneyland are like secret prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i made a wholesome thing into a dark thing. makes you think doesn't it uh, it makes me think you're a weirdo this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker you'll find what you came for here and more so ask yourself what is it you want Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. <laughs> so, okay. So anyway, um, and, and then that's it. Your character's made. It's time to get into all the world of being a broody immortal and, and get into lots of fights. Yeah. Now, the base mechanic of the game is D10. Uh-huh. What should be. Uh, and you take a stat and skill. Add them together, that's how many dice you will roll. Yes. And you will get a success on any of those dice when you roll them on a 7 or higher. It's very standard White Wolf rules. Yeah, and if you roll any zeros, you get a bonus success. <laughs> nope. No, that's, wait, there's something else. It does, It works it's if you have no, a push. If, if you use a, a boost, boost, a boost that's what you was. get two successes. If you use two boosts, you get three successes. Yes. So you get uh, bonuses from boosting. There's also a couple of secondary options you can play with, uh, which is one of them is is if you have like more than three dice on a roll, you can say you're making a, a gamble and you have to uh, roll a single die, and now all the dice you would have rolled have that same result on their face. Yeah, so you can essentially all or nothing get all of your dice successes or all of your dice failures. And my absolute favorite, the exploding dice optional rule, where if you get three zeros in a roll, then something in the scene explodes. Yes. And you look really cool. Yeah. That's, you, that's and you're a cool it, guy, so you walk away without looking at it. Yes. Yeah, so whatever explodes, it doesn't bother you. Or if it does, it does so in a really cool way. It is. I, I saw exploding dice and then read that, and I was like, good, you did it. You got me. I, I also really like this. There's a there's a sub rule here for uh, if you're in an extended sequence of events. Uh Every time you use the same set of trait and skill in a row, you you remove a die. I think it's remove a die. Or you remove, remove a success. success. You remove a success. So the, the game wants you to not take your best two things, like your trait that's at three and your skill that's at three, and just roll those as often as you can. You're supposed to be spreading it around and looking cool through all kinds of other tricks. Yeah. If you do that, then you're just being stale and boring. Yes. And if there's one thing that immortals aren't, it's stale and boring. Yeah. No, they're... They're on the cutting edge of coolness. They're though, dynamic. Yeah, you'd think they wouldn't be because they have forever to get bored of everything and turn boring. No. But that never happened to the Highlander. He started boring. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Those movies didn't get good until the second one. Now, I think I might be the... the I, I'm brave enough to say it. I'm brave enough to say I've never watched a Highlander film in my life. <laughs> and yet I have seen so many episodes of the Highlander TV show. <laughs> I've never watched the Highlander show movies, obviously, but I have watched all the Highlander cartoon. <laughs> Haven't watched a single bit of that and wouldn't. <laughs> Kidding. I've actually watched, I think, the first three Highlander movies. And the two is, is a famous crazy sci-fi failure, but I think I find it endearing as a result. Uh, now, when you are rolling your dice, uh, you will get whatever successes you have. But that's not just what you get for your roll. Every die is contested. Or every roll is contested, yes. that is. So either it is contested by someone else in the scene mm-hmm. by trying to either stop you from doing what you're doing or doing something before you can do it. So if I were to... Uh, there's only three actions you can take, which is push, 
which is just trying to force someone or something to do a thing. That's accomplish a task, effectively. They just called it push. Yeah. Uh, attack, you know, you're trying to inflict wounds. Yeah. Uh, or boost, which is giving yourself the aforementioned boosts. Yes. Uh, but if I, say, want to attack someone, they can be like, oh, I'll do a push that is trying to get out of the way. Yes. Or they can just go, no, fuck it, I attack. Yeah, the push one is the only one that feels a little confusing in modern parlance just because push has now become sort of a, a term used in other games that means to move dice around uh, or, or to move numbers around in some way. But push in this game just means do a thing. I am pushing for this to happen. Yes, yeah, I am pushing for an event to occur. Yes. So that's what that means. And yeah, I, I, I love that they're like, hey, anytime you want to accomplish something in this game, you announce you're doing it, and then everyone who wants to stop you announces that they need to stop you. Blatant theft from Duckman. I got I got Blatant the, the Duckman role-playing game got there. I'm pretty sure first. I didn't check when this was written. 2015. Pretty sure it got there first. Got there first. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you will say what you want to do and what trait and skill you are using. And don't worry if you're like, oh, but if I've got a trait for sword and my fight skill and I want to attack two times in a row, aren't I just going to do that? And you're like, no, man. If you want to say, oh, I use mystic talents and fight because obviously I'm doing a weird mystic jutsu or whatever to create a distraction as I slice him. Yeah, in the uh, in the combat example, which is the only example in the game in the book, uh, a guy switches from using combat or uh, sword, sword and fight to Catholicism and fight for his second move. Yeah, because he chokes someone with a rosary. And I think he said his mystic uh, uh, talents to being called his Catholicism or his extreme Catholicism or whatever. So yeah, that, that was kind of fun. So they gave you an example of how that works and how loosey-goosey this actually is. Yes. Given that the skill list only has one thing that's basically fight, you, you're going to be uh, spending a lot of time doing things like, I will heist his arm from him. <laughs> I mean, mostly it's switch out the trait that yeah, you're it's, using. It's a lot of trait switching. I like skill switching, but you can do it either way. It's eh. fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, because attack is really, if you attempt to inflict a wound, you have to do an attack. And it's when you use the fight skill is when you are attacking. Exactly. That's so you have to use fight for attack. Yeah, unless you want to steal their arm, in which case you use heist. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you didn't read the supplements. Well, that, I then emailed you, you the supplement arm theft. Well, here's the thing. You wouldn't be dealing wounds then. You would just no, have their arm. That's true. You would just have their arm. <laughs> and you'd say, got your arm. And they'd be like, that won't kill me. I'm an immortal. You need to steal my head. And by the time they're halfway through that sentence, you're giggling into the night. <laughs> I got an arm. <laughs> I'm the winner in my own rules. Just like every laconic badass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, doll, Mary doll, Tom Bombadillo. <laughs> uh, now, uh, if you don't have someone trying to stop you, so, mm -hmm. you know, either you're doing a thing and no one in the scene is like, fuck this guy, I'm going to stop him. Or yeah. you're just by yourself trying to accomplish whatever. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to forge my own blade or some shit. Yes. Uh, then the uh, SM just decides how difficult it is, picks up a number of dice, and rolls against you. Yes. You then compare how many successes you got in comparison to the other successes. Uh, if you manage to get four, more, four or more successes mm -hmm. after... The difference is calculated. You have a critical hit. Yes. Two to three is a normal hit. One success for a week. If you tie, then both of you get a weak hit on what you were trying to accomplish. That's Yeah, if you're fighting, that's correct. Yes. And if you... I mean, even if you're not fighting, if both of you have it, you both get a weak hit version of what you were doing. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, the uncontested, un where it's just the, uh, the GM rolling dice. And in those cases, it's, uh, I think, success with a cost. Yeah, yeah, if you're just doing uh, a push for something. If you're like, I'm making a whatever. Right. Uh, and then if you don't get any successes, then big failures. You failed. You failed big. Bad things are happening. Unspecified bad things. <laughs> Unspecified badness. <laughs> By the way, that's your dubstep hero name. <laughs> unspecified badness? I guess it's your nemesis. Oh. Gold dust ghosts and stuff must fight <laughs> unspecified badness. <laughs> Actually, that just kind of sounds like the villain from a knockoff, never-ending story. Hmm. <laughs> I have seen it destroy men. The unspecified badness will eat your heart. 
What, what happened? Where are the other racers? Unspecified badness got them. I couldn't stop it. They seemed like such strong appendages of some sort. You would think that I would have grip strength or maybe some other kind of way to stop it. But it was unspecified badness and I could not. It's also nebulous. <laughs> you must name me. I am the indiscriminately named ruler. Nebulous! <laughs> That one was for you and me. <laughs> that that was a joke for us. <laughs> uh, I do appreciate, in much the same way that I appreciated it in the Sentinels role-playing game, where they're like, here's just a list of like four fucking actions you can do. Pick one of these yes. on your turn. I appreciate that everything is push, attack, or boost. That's yes. it. Yeah, that's all you need to know. So and that's, and boost it's good. is just setting yourself up for later. It's a way to get some extra di- or extra successes into a future die. So if you're not in a position where it'd be advantageous for you to accomplish something or beat someone up, you can always be like, "Oh, I'm going to give a a rousing pep talk to uh, to the other guy over there, so when he makes another roll, he has a boost to carry forward into it." And the pep talk is going to be some nihilistic. Uh, goings on about how everything is bullshit. I mean, technically, you're the only one who gets a boost. You can't oh. boost other people. You can't boost other people? But you can you can boost yourself, but then you can hand your boosts out. Oh, that's fair then. All right. So, you gotta give yourself a pep talk and then give away the boost that you got. Yeah, you like, you, <laughs> you sit in a corner and you're like, yourself you up. just look around and go, huh, all of these fightings, peoples, they don't know that I'm the true badass here. And then you walk up to someone else and go, I understand. You can do this. And then they get your boost. (laughs) One day I will be the one who destroys you, Kakarot. But it is not this day. Now go forth. (laughs) Go fight an android or something. (laughs) Uh, The initiative system in this is everyone rolls awareness plus move. Two Mm -hmm. skills, no traits. Yeah, and then the winner isn't the person who gets the highest roll on that. It's whoever just says they attack first. (laughs) Nope. The winner is whoever gets the highest single die. <laughs> you go. F- it's the first line in showing initiative. You go first if you're the only one leaping into action like a proper badass. You get the first action in this round. Yeah, so if I guess you're if the you just, only one. I guess if you would just immediately declare, like, fuck it, I'm swinging my sword at them now, then yeah, you get you get initiative. Yes. But, but otherwise, you're... If uh, initiative you, is called for yeah. and not just you going, I fucking dude up. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah. that's good role playing. So obviously, you should try and do that as exactly. often as possible. Yeah. But yeah, you all roll die, and it's the single highest die, not the total result, goes first. Yes. And then ties broken by the next highest die in your pool. Mm-hmm. So if you both have a 10, if I've got a 9, and you've got a 7 as your next highest, then I'll go. Yeah. Further tie, if everyone's got the same die rolls, they have to go outside and play a full game of cornhole. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Two completion. that would be great. <laughs> I have uh, recently taken to jogging at, at the uh, bay near me. And there is a dude. I go there. I, I, I thought you were going to say, I've re- recently taken to cornholing. <laughs> no, man, I'm an old hand. <laughs> since since uh, since childhood days. No, but I, I've taken to jogging at the bay near me. And there is a dude who, I go out there rant, when I drop off stage from school or after I go home and like edit and post episodes or something. So it can be within a three-hour window. And there is a dude who is out there practicing cornhole on a set he brings with him the full three hours every day. <laughs> Great. I mean, I'm not sure. It might just be that him and I have identical schedules, but he's always there when I get there, and I go out there in a three-hour window. <laughs> that dude's dedication to cornhole is commendable. Truly. A a very, very, uh, I don't know how to say this, just, just a, a, a paragon of cornhole, yes. I would say. Yeah, I would say he's... He's truly—he's like a legend, like a, like an immortal cornhole legend. You know, a mortal cornholer. One time, I, one time I did stop and say, "Hey, man, you must be real good at cornhole." And he like mean Joe Green to beanbag into my face, and he's like, "Here you go, kid. <laughs> Keep the dream alive." And it alive. landed right in my mouth, right in my hole. I was like, "Wow, you cornholed me!" <laughs> Not bro. only did he hit a, a, a beanbag right into my face hole, but he dislodged a previous beanbag that was already there. I had a beanbag resting on my cheek, and he knocked it away and got his in. <laughs> It was then that I knew I was immortal. <laughs> that was my origin story. How weird is a story for anyone who doesn't know that that game is called Cornhole? <laughs> well, Google Cornhole. <laughs> nope, don't do that. <laughs> uh, All right. So. Now, when you are uh, attacking, uh, just so you know, you will deal, if as long as you 
get a success at all. You will deal a wound. Uh, if you get a normal or a critical hit, you'll get to have more damage. A normal hit, you roll, mm -hmm. and a critical hit just does max damage. Yes. Weapons are all three dice. Yes, until they release a weapon supplement, all weapons are three dice, because three dice is the appropriate level of badass for any weapon that an immortal would bother wielding. And any weapon that an immortal wields, obviously, is worthy for an immortal to wield. Yes, yeah, I mean... It's it's definitional. So if you happen to pick up something that, that others may have called not worthy of being wielded by an immortal, they're just wrong. Yeah. You will show them, and yeah. it will be three dice <laughs> of exactly. damage. It will do the correct amount of dice. Uh, you start with uh, five wounds that you can take, mm -hmm. and once you take all of your wounds, then you are beaten down, mm -hmm. and you're out of the combat until you come back. Yes. And those wounds recover at, at, in minutes. Like, the worst things that can happen, it can be dismembered, for example. An armor leg will grow back in a day to three days, just whatever's convenient to the story. But any uh, wounds you take from just getting in a sword fight that don't kill you, that aren't serious wounds as inflicted by another immortal who is trying to murder you, uh, all those wounds will just heal in minutes. Between a combat, they all come back. Yeah. Now, if you are facing off against someone and they manage to beat you down then they whoever the victor is gets to choose an option yes they can kill you wherein you take a hardcore wound mm -hmm. uh and if they do this they can also attempt to perma kill you which is different from kill you yes because killing you you'll come back from you're an immortal but perma kill is actually taking your fucking head off yes that's correct to do that is a whole separate thing it involves a bunch of will rolls yeah now two really they can also take a trophy from you, uh, so they can take something from you, and as long as they have the trophy, then they just automatically get an extra success anytime they fight against you, because they have something to lord over you. Yes, they, and, and the trophy can be any number of things. It doesn't, for example, need to be that throne of comfort thing we mentioned earlier. No. It can be things like... Just an admission uh, that they outfought you, or well, can, no, because that's they make a demand of you. Uh, that, well, I, I guess if you want them to to admit that you outfought them, but I think that something as simple as a memory of this battle could be a a, a, a trophy that someone steals. But yeah, normally it's something physical, like they can take your weapon away or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, because you're supposed to be able to get it back. Yeah, because then that stops them from having the trophy. You know, when you beat them later, that changes the memory from I cannot beat this person to I can, and now you've stolen your trophy back. The other uh, ones is they make the demand of you, and that can be divulging a secret mm -hmm. or, you know, giving you some sort of like, oh, you have to forgive me for whatever, or you have to tell me the truth about something. Yeah, and up to, but not exceeding $8 Canadian. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, you didn't read that one? It was in uh, Blacklight Inc. I had, you, had to, you had to hold it up to uh, a blacklight. Hey, look, just because we did an escape room recently doesn't mean you can start saying everything's got blacklight stuff. <laughs> it does. It's Blacklight Inc. that says that they can demand like an admission of love or defeat or about $8 Canadian. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, the last option is they let you go. Why? Who knows? <laughs> At least you still have your $8 Canadian. <laughs> that's In loonies and toonies. That's my uh, immortal's name, $8 Canadian. <laughs> no, your, your gold dust ghost and stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'm $8 Canadian, but... Uh, so, yeah, if you try to permadeath murder someone, then... Uh, it is a special action after you've completely downed someone. Yes. You take whatever trait you want and the will skill. Mm -hmm. Uh, no matter what, it's always will. Yeah. Because it takes incredible will to kill another immortal. No, not will your first mate. <laughs> but also that. <laughs> uh, yeah, in Blacklight Inc. it does say, <laughs> and I also can also will be your will first your first mate. mate. <laughs> uh, so you roll a trait plus the will skill and then the immortal rolls will plus one die for every normal wound they have marked so at this point assuming they haven't already taken a hardcore wound mm -hmm. then it would be five dice plus will so it's very difficult to perma kill an immortal unless you managed to kill them a few times before this already yeah. because you only get hardcore wounds from Killing them normal style. Yeah. Now, hardcore wounds do not naturally heal, which means if you have one hardcore wound on you, then you're easier to for other people to kill without perma-killing you. 
uh, because now you, ba- you effectively have four healable wounds in, in a combat. Uh, the only way to heal a hardcore wound is to complete an atonement or a quest or something like that as set forward by the GM. Yes, so they'll tell you like, oh, you must go find the thrice-blessed fountain of Moo mm-hmm. and drink from its waters. Yeah. And anytime you complete a quest, and it always has to be a different quest every time, mm-hmm. but it will com- uh, completely clear all wounds you have. So if you had like three hardcore wounds, it will get rid of all of them. Yes. But, but you do have a- to do it if you ever get any. It is an epic quest every time, and it can't be the same quest. Yes. So uh, so yeah, that that's the only way to get rid of those. Otherwise, they all heal up very rapidly. And even if you succeed, it's not enough to just beat the Immortals' roll with when you are trying to perma-kill them. You have to critically hit on that roll. You need at least four successes over their contested roll. Yeah, so, so it, you need to really mean it when you do this. It's super hard to kill an Immortal. That's that's the, uh, the important takeaway to take from that. So, uh... And then beyond that, I think that's pretty much most of combat, right? Uh, there is one other thing. If you, you can have a trait get broken. Oh, that's right. Breaking traits. So if you try to flee a combat before someone goes down. It says you can't flee a combat except under extraordinary circumstances. If you, if you run away from a combat, all you've done is change the location of the combat. Yeah. If you run somewhere else, the person goes with you and now you're fighting somewhere else. Yeah. That's how you get on tops of trains and cool shit like that. If you actually want to flee from a skirmish, you have to break a trait. And as long as your trait is broken, you cannot use that trait. Yes. Which means you have to do things like my sword, my, my awesome sword that I have is, is, is uh, sundered rent asunder by the by the rage of this guy in my attempt to escape and the only way to recover a broken trait is uh about eight dollars canadian <laughs> it's about eight dollars canadian no it is undergoing resvery that's right <laughs> resvery where you have to go deep into your own mind to remember the most crucial uh, moments of your life and the most difficult and dark thoughts you've had Yes, that you, time you said something embarrassing in sixth grade. You have to go back in time and remember that time your crush got next to you and started tickling. And you were like, hey, stop it. I don't like that. And then walked away. And you'll remember that. <laughs> remember that forever. That was your moment. That was your chance. If only you hadn't peed yourself and farted into the pee. <laughs> and then you'll come out of it and be like, ah, my raging passions were broken, but now they are back. <laughs> I shall never fart into pee again. <laughs> Uh, I am strengthened by this. Yes. So that is how you recover from a broken trait. Right. Uh, They do have rules for if you're trying to do something to multiple targets, you remove a die for each target that you're doing. Uh, And if there's also a rule for dogpile defense. Mm -hmm. So if I try to do something like four people attempt to stop me, then uh, everyone rolls, but only... Uh, the highest result counts as the response. Everyone else forfeits their turn. Yes. Because you're like, look, man, you can't all just try and stop me as a group. <laughs> you have to come at me one at a time. Those are the rules. That's how fighting works. That's how cool fighting works, at least. Yeah. Mortals, of course, can can uh, try and fuck with you as much as they want, but they suck, so it's fine. Yeah. Mortals only have one action and one reaction per round, whereas immortals can make as many reactions, so... If- Five people are fighting. I can react to all of them. Yes. But if we all dogpile on one guy, I'm going to lose my action for the turn for doing that. Right. So uh, then there's also an interestingly comprehensive set of LARP rules. If you'd like to run this game as a LARP, which why wouldn't you? It's already extremely over the top. It's perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, Mostly the rules for LARP are uh, that they've introduced a replacement for the die system, which is a uh, much more badass take on rock, paper, scissors that has five different entries. And include things like throwing the horns and wiggling your fingers to indicate your arcane might. And of course, one of them is just the anvil, which is beats everything and cannot be beaten. Yes. <laughs> You're not supposed to use that one, but you can. Yeah, you only get it if you have three or more in the Knowledge Damascus steel production uh, yeah. skill. And that's how you get access to the anvil. <laughs> And then there's a uh, a fairly robust section of uh, Vancouver of the near future gothic edged tinged nightlife and the other types of immortals that might be roaming the world. Yes. Including a promise of a supplement that will include things like orcs and, uh, and, and uh, oh, was it pre-ghosts? I thought pre-ghosts yes, was a fun one. Because we have ghosts already as one of the things you can play as, but then other supernaturals are 
demons, mummies, sorcerers, Nephilim, paladins, mutants, orcs, urban shamans, avatars, dragonkin, visible clergy, halflings, pre-ghosts, and more. <laughs> That's what it was. Lovely. I love it. Uh, so much so that I feel like I want to start specifying my favorite and least favorite things about this game. I don't know if you feel the same or if you had more things you would like to get through. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. If we've talked about it enough, we can do that. Yeah, we were at, we're at that time. I do, I do like at least with this that it does in the story master section be like, hey man, do whatever the fuck you want. If some guy starts rules lowering you, the plastic rule is fuck you. I can do whatever I want. I'm the person in charge. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a fun game. It, it it's rare that a comedy game manages to hit both of us like this. So this is a this is a ringing endorsement. I think is what we're going to come across with here. Uh, John, what was your favorite thing? Uh, I think my favorite thing is probably I'm going to go with the fact that they have the simplicity of actions. The whole push attack boost. It's nice. I love when a game can keep things simple. Yeah. And honestly, the corollary to that with the keep it fresh rule, absolutely awesome. Not making it so that like, oh, I've got a three in sword and a three in fight. And the only thing I ever do is use that. Yeah. Like, no, man, you're going to suck if you keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite thing here is the uh, actual feeling of being immortal that the game manages to convey. It is exceedingly difficult to get killed, and it's exceedingly difficult to even get hurt in a way that matters, which often is not the case in games about playing as, like, immortal super beings. Because whoever writes them is still like, well, I gotta have hit points. I just gotta have a spiraling death wound track. Yeah, whereas this is just like, like, no, yeah, man, you can take five hits, and then someone can try to kill you. They almost certainly won't. And then you wake up somewhere else. Because... I don't know if we said it. If someone fails to permakill you when they attempt to, mm-hmm. you immediately disappear yeah. and then come back later with all your wounds you healed. Just, you just wake up somewhere else and you're fine. Yeah. It's just, fuck you, you get one chance. Yeah. So that's pretty great. To, to, mostly just there to stop other people from going, well, I guess I'll just roll until I successfully permakill them. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, what would you say is your least favorite thing about this? What was your favorite thing about this? I just said it was, I like that the, you really oh, feel the, immortal. The, the immortal feel. Yeah, the yes. immortal uh, rulings were really well done. I also really like the ultra compre- or short skill list. Yes. I think that was that was definitely worth mentioning that this game has, one of the uh, skills is called LCS, which stands for lying, cheating, and stealing. And it's just all rogue skills rolled together. Go ahead. Yeah. Except, S isn't except for heisting. Heisting is another whole skill. <laughs> they have lying, cheating, stealing as one skill, and then heisting as a different skill, well, which I love. Obviously, heisting is an entirely different discipline. That involves doing all, like, you know, drawing uh, convoluted bl- blueprints and maps and getting well, yeah, crew stealing together. Stealing is, like, pickpocketing. Yeah. Heisting is a heist. Heisting involves, uh, you know, flashbacks that show how you really did this, <laughs> and so on. So, yeah, obviously, it's completely And different. it also covers... Being able to go over a crime scene and go, oh, how did someone pull this off? Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I do appreciate the super co- or short skill list that still manages to convey everything you'd really need for a game this simple. Yeah, the the urge when writing a comedy game to pack in a few more skills just so you can write a few more jokes seems to be pretty hard for a lot of people to resist. So it's good that we don't see like design role playing games as one of the skills here. Or exactly. Anything. Yeah. Uh, now, what would you say is your least favorite thing about this? Uh. Man, I don't know. It's so compact that yeah, there's not a lot here to dislike. Yeah, I mean the the one thing, of course, that is missing here, which I am sure will come in a supplement. Obviously, mm-hmm. there is no uh, XP mechanic in this game. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no, no way to level up, and there is a specific uh, one of the uh, edges you can get that requires a four plus yeah, in a skill. And I was like, Oh, you can't have that. Yeah. That's impossible. So you can't get the balanced edge, uh, edge because it takes a four plus fight. So yeah. yeah, that's, I guess the worst thing in here is that they actually put something in here. You couldn't get, and there is no way to level up. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you and say that this book's pretty good the way it is. The only thing I would have liked to see is a bestiary of pointless mortals that that uh, could offer ch- piddling threats to your dear awesomeness. Maybe just a couple of pages of the types of things that are threats out there, like beyond just other vampires and so on, but like monsters and things that you could go out and beat up to be cool. Uh. But that's it. Otherwise, love most of this. Would you play this game? 
Yeah, I would give this a shot. Why the fuck not? Well, I mean, there is the pack, the thing where the author said that it's not playable, but beyond that... No, it's fully playable. Disagree, author. I think you could play this. Yeah. Now, like I said, there's no XP, so you can't really do much in the way of campaigns and getting better at things. Yeah. But that's fine. You're immortal. You've been around for hundreds of years. How much better are you going to get? <laughs> yeah. One-shot game or a con game. Great for that, and I would also play it, especially in those situations. Great. All right, so uh, so there you go. That's Katana's and Trenchcoat's first edition, or second, I forget which edition we have. Uh, I can only assume it gets better from here. So Jeff, definitely, if you if you liked our review, uh, you can check out the, the version we bought, or you can go buy the current one and uh, give that a whirl. I, I hope it's good, too. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, hey, why not come support us at our many different endeavors and, and uh, Patreons and what have you? <laughs> so many Patreons. Mm, yes. The one of them. The one Patreons that we have is over at patreon.com slash systemmastery where you can support us at any level to unlock ad-free content, although apparently the ad network that that uh, we're registered for is not running ads right now. It hasn't run ads for any of the shows on the network all January. <laughs> Something broke. Uh, so, so you know, but you can still do it to support us yeah. and get the bonus content. Any level there will support us. It's great for us. It lets us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, and, again, you get bonus content. We make characters for the games that we do at the bottom level at $2 a month. And this one's going to be an epic recitation of glories because so much of character creation is just writing down cool shit about yourself. Yeah, if you want to hear pages of backstory on our rad badass immortals, ooh, just you wait. Mm-hmm. That's right. I definitely didn't write one sentence per thing. Hey, you're gonna you can have a grandeur of one. That's fine. <laughs> my grandeur fucking rules. Hey, my grandeur is gonna be X plus one, baby, because I bought the book. Uh, now, uh, also there are other levels you can support us at. Four dollars unlocks all the Star Wars bonus content. Ten dollars gets you everything, including afterthought on the TV mastery. And uh, that's the Patreon. So please support us there. And also, we're going to be at like four or more conventions so this many year goddamn conventions. doing events. So if you're going to be at ECCC in Seattle, C2E2 in Chicago, or Gen Con, we're going to be at all of those. I mentioned, I'd mentioned ACD Games Day, but unless you're like a retailer or a publisher, then yeah, that's, you, you that don't is care. not really a thing that you will be. Unless in you are a retailer, distributor, or publisher, in which case, why are you waiting till Wisconsin? Contact us and work out an awesome business dealing today. Give us business deals. Thank we you. We can do a business. We'll do two. I was at the business factory. I'll do two transactions with you. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, we're going to be at all these different con- uh, conventions, running quiz shows, panels, running some games at Gen Con. Come out and see us. It's our year when we're finally going to get back out there and walk amongst the hoi polloi. Treat with the common people. Yes, of course. Uh, and if any of you are recently married, of course, we will cra- claim the right of first night with whichever one of you is hotter. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not doing that. John would prefer the one of you that is less hot. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so- I'm what's known as an ugly chaser. <laughs> In that you chase people and look like that. <laughs> boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon. And uh, until then, hey, have a good one. 